Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. I am here today with the dumb dads. Evan Kyle Berger and Kevin LaFerriere are stay-at-home dad comedians who've been featured on Momsplaining with Kristen Bell Ellen, I don't know if you've heard of her, today, Good Morning America, for their social media sketch comedy. In addition to their own social pages, they make content for Bubble, a channel on EllenTube. Welcome, Dumb Dads. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Hello. Do you go by Dumb Dads, or are you just the Dumb Dad and the other Dumb Dad? Well, we like to think the dumb is silent. I like it. But it often is deafening or raises its hand <laughs> high in the air. <laughs> if you all in our audience think you don't know the dumb dads, you do know the dumb dads because among their other hilarious content, they are the dudes who do the like sports center post press conference where they recap. We see a lot of content as mom podcasters. Sure. And I will tell you, I have never in my life forwarded a piece of mom or dad related content yes. to anyone in my life <laughs> until I saw the sports center thing. And it is legit the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's the delivery. And then what I love, it's I've watched them again and again. The props that are next to the microphone yes. are so clutch. So where did this come from? How did you become the dumb dads? So we started out, first we just started out with the podcast, the Dumb Dad podcast. I already had my oldest and my son was about to be born and my wife came up with the idea, you guys should do a podcast. And I was like, okay. Wives are extremely smart. That's going to be one takeaway from this episode. Yeah, it, it's... 100% true. Well, I mean, both of our wives listen to these parenting podcasts. We were not listening to parenting <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Terrible. But they were like, there's so many mom parenting podcasts out there. There are no dad podcasts. And let's just be clear that we're not at What Fresh Hell. We're not against mom podcasts. That's not a stance we're willing to take at this juncture. It was so clear that there were so many and our wives were like, there's no dad podcasts, really. And even if there are, they posted like four episodes two years ago, like that kind of thing. And then they're like, no, never mind. We don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. There was one podcast. We won't <laughs> say the name because it was just, it's just a funny observation. We like, oh, this is a parenting. So we wanted like an idea for a podcast. So we listened to this first one. In the first episode, the dad is like, ah, I don't even know what I'm doing. It probably won't even be a dad podcast. Probably just talking about sports and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> 
I'm not going to lie. As a podcaster, I have many people who come to me and they're like, hey, can I pick your brain about how to start a podcast? And I have legit started saying to people, you're not going to do a podcast. Can I just tell you that and save us both a lot of time? Because no one actually wants to do a podcast. They want to think about doing a podcast, but doing a podcast, legit kind of hard as it turns out. Once the standard is set, then you realize, oh man, I have to start. You want to kind of meet that standard or come as close to it as possible. You've got to post all the time. You have to have something to talk about. You have to have a point of view on it. Like all these things you don't realize until you're sitting in the, the red lights on, you know? Why am I listening to you? Yeah. It's like, wait, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to talk to Amy once a week? This seems like a lot. Yeah. But you stuck with it. Yeah, we stuck with it. And we did that for a couple of years before we started doing anything else. We had our Instagram and our Twitter page that we were just keeping on life support. Horrible about social media. It was such a job to post on social media and it was so annoying. And then my wife told me about TikTok. And she's like, you and Evan need to get on there. And it was a game changer. I know. It was a wife again. And she was like, you need to get on TikTok. And I think I had it for like two weeks before we ever posted anything. Because I was like, what is this app <laughs> for so long? I'm going to tell you that if it doesn't work out with your wife, you are leaving a mountain of evidence <laughs> behind that she built your business for you. Okay. Well, she edits- I'm just going to give you that free lawyer advice. I- although I'm not an attorney myself. I can't leave her. It's just... Too much is tied in there. So you post, was it the Sports Center video that first really blew up? No, not on TikTok. No. <laughs> we were just trying out a bunch of different things. The thing with like TikTok is for the you don't have to, but for the most part, you need a niche. And we were like, well, our niche will be parenting. But we didn't know how we wanted to approach that, whether we wanted to just like talk to camera and tell a story kind of like we do on the podcast, or if we wanted it to do in something else. And then we were doing a bunch of little sketches here and there. And then one called Pros to Being a Stay-at-Home Dad. And that one like didn't blow up like the sports center one, but it blew up that we were like, oh, hello. So then we kind of really invested more time and effort into writing these things. Evan and I have a career and a background in sketch comedy. So we'd been doing it a while and that's how we actually became friends was doing sketch comedy. So that was like, oh, we can do both now. And that's been fun. It's funny because Amy and I both come from the sketch comedy world and you guys take me back because I now live in New York. Oh, cool. But I raised... I had three kids under four and I raised them in Los Angeles and listening to your podcast, I'm like, I can't believe they're going on the zoo train. (laughs) This is not the zoo train guys. Like it's it's like reliving my whole experience of living in LA with young children and like being in the car and you're just about to make the zoo trip work. And then you hit traffic on the one Oh one and you're like, Nope, (laughs) Nope. I blew it. I blew it. I thought I had it, but I'm going to have a blowout. On the 10 as it hits the 405. 100% going to happen every time. (laughs) Yes. I feel like it's a very, it's like that SNL skit, the Californians, but it's a very niche way of parenting that you have to factor in the like 101 to the 10 interchange in your zoo trip. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're completely prepared in any moment for the worst thing to happen. Yes. I mean, because it's probably going to happen. You know, that it's, we talk about not only having a diaper bag with us, you know, going around doing whatever we need to be doing with the kids, but there's like extra wipes in the glove compartment. I got backup diapers in the trunk because at some point I'm going to slip up. I don't want future me to be that mad at me now for not thinking, <laughs> being prepared in some way. The other thing I definitely remember about LA living, because for people who don't know LA or are not from LA, You think you spend time in a car. Like, I live in suburban New York now. I'm in a car, but it's not the same. You're not locked in your car. Like, you've committed to something. You've made a horrible mistake. You're not getting out of your car for 45 minutes. Yeah. 
I feel like suburban New Yorkers and people from different areas of the country don't understand the special hell that is like you've gotten everyone in from the zoo. Mm -hmm. And now it's like you've locked yourself in a tube with these people for the next 45 minutes. And the thing I remember is like it's nap time at the end of the zoo day. But then if they fall asleep in the car for five minutes, you're host. You're not getting your downtime this afternoon. That doesn't make any sense. No. If you fall asleep (laughs) for five minutes while I'm in traffic on the 101 leaving the zoo. And so literally I would reach behind me and be poking toddlers and begging them to stay awake until we got back to where I lived. It's so funny that you say that. I mean, both of us have literally done that. I mean, that's so spot on of you're turning around, like it's wiggling so your leg, like, did you have fun at the zoo? As you're like trying to drive and wiggle the same thing. Remember the bears? Remember the bears? And you're like, for some reason, poking a two-year-old and screaming, do you remember the bears? I've opened all the windows in the car before. Yeah. <laughs> and we've all, hey. It's not guaranteed, though. Well, now we're lucky we have phones. You just hand on the phone like, hey, do whatever you want to my phone. Yeah, as long as you stay awake until we get home. Don't fall asleep. I've looked back before thinking, I've gone to the zoo and driven out of the zoo thinking like, okay, that was a long time at the zoo. Oh, probably need to keep her awake here and turn around and we didn't even make it out of zoo drive and she's out. And I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, you're like, there goes my afternoon. No laundry is getting done today. Yeah. Nothing else is happening. Every time you go home, you still put them down. It's just you're hurting yourself. It's never going to work. <laughs> so your kids are very young still. How old are your kids? Mine are seven and three and a half. Five and a half and two and a half. Five and a half and two and a half. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's so much better now. Like last year, you know, with COVID and everything, my daughter and son were home all day, every day. And now at least my daughter's in school. Mm-hmm. So my kids are now 13, 11, and 9. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> it's fine. We just recorded an episode about this, talking about how people want to tell people, like, it only gets harder, bigger people, bigger problems. Total lies. Okay. I mean, bigger problems like your two-and-a-half-year-old and your five-year-old's problems are solvable because it's like, oh, I'll cut the sandwich. I'll make a new sandwich and cut it the right way. (laughs) And your older kids' problems are less solvable. Like, why did your friends abandon you? I don't know the answer to that. So the problems do get bigger. Take a shower. (laughs) Yes. Maybe that's something. But the sheer relentlessness of having a five and a Uh two-year-old, I'm going to tell you, nothing ever is worse than that. (laughs) it's so funny because like that's what a large part of our content is clearly based off of is the relentlessness of two-year-old three-year-old four-year-old five-year-old and how it's just non-stop we even like dip back into the well and do some infant newborn stuff because that's always like fun to relive but it's the most annoying comments that actually are just like make me throw my hands up or ones where people go okay well someday they're gonna be grown up and you're gonna miss those moments yeah, we call that the grocery store crone. Like she comes out of the mist and she's like, yeah. just wait. Yes. Yeah. Someday you'll miss. It. And you're like, listen, crone, leave me alone. I know. I don't know what hell I'm in, but there's got yeah. to be something better than this. You know what? I need milk and I need eggs and I don't need your opinion. That's what I don't need. <laughs> yeah. No, go back to the mist, crown. I want to talk much more about the kind of comments you guys get because there's got to be some rich stuff. And we'll be right back after this break. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. So you guys are dads talking about being dads, and I imagine... I know as a mom, talking about being a mom, we get, our listeners are very cool, but the wider audience sometimes gets a little bit like, enjoy every moment. You don't know. How could you insult a child? Mm -hmm. We hear this kind of feedback. How is it being dads talking about being dads? And do you hear from people saying, you know, you should really and making helpful suggestions? Yeah. I want to say, it's funny. We don't get it as much as maybe you'd think we would. Hmm. I think like the space of like being in social media, talking about parenting, there is such a massive thing of like moms shaming other moms about their posts and what they're talking about. That does not happen that much. I will say that most of our audience is moms. It's like 75, 25 is probably moms, stay-at-home parents and moms. A lot of the dads we do get are like, you guys are hilarious. Once in a while, though, and but I'll say, and I'll have Kevin kind of finish this, is that once in a while, we post a video that gets a lot of people really fired up because it's being played pretty close to the line. And it gets both sides really stirred up. And that was probably a video that Kevin posted was probably the one of the ones early on that went totally nuts in terms of views. And like thousands and thousands and thousands of comments of people getting going nuts in the comments. <laughs> We're just kind of sitting back going, okay. And what was the video, Kevin? What's so funny about the video is like the press conference. First time Evan did that one by himself. He put a lot of time into it, editing, showed it to me. I had like a note or two, but like, 
every time we do those, it's a massive amount of work. And most of our sketches, we try to write them and make the quality look as good as possible. This was one I was watching my niece's kids with my kids. Well, not my niece's kids. I was watching my sister-in-law's kids. And they were just in the backyard running around playing. And I just thought of a joke. And I just recorded it with my phone, just holding the phone. Sent it to my wife. And I said, is this funny? I'm going to just say you're mentioning the wife again. Your alimony is just tripling every time we mention her. Even as tonight, she's going to be sleeping. I'm going to be using her hand to sign a prenup retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to her and she said, yeah, it's funny. So, yeah. Like we were both just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. And posted it. It's our highest viewed video on TikTok and Instagram. It didn't get the fanfare that like the press conferences have. But it was just a video where I just talked about my daughter being mean to me. And just like, I'm like kind of crying about it. Apparently, it was very believable because the comment section was flooded with people like, she doesn't respect you. You're a weak father. If you haven't seen it, the joke of the video, it's like a guy talking about a girl he likes, kind of like it's like, yeah, she cut me deep. Shrek is kind of the joke, right? Like it's like it's he's emotionally like this child has wounded me with her words. Right. I forget what it is. It was just like, she keeps saying mean things. And I'm like, well, and I'm trying to do the gentle parenting approach of just, well, that hurts my feelings. She's like, well, that makes me happy now. And I'm like, but yeah, people have come into that comment section being like aggressive with me about how weak of a father I am. Now, none of this is, is true. I just thought of it off the top of my head, obviously. And then like, I did another one because I was like, why not? This is funny. Let's see if it stirs the pot a second time. Five million views. And somebody in that thread, people started blaming my wife who wasn't even mentioned in the video. This tracks for me that people would blame your wife for your... Yeah, they were like, clearly she's getting it from somewhere and it's not you, <laughs> yeah. it's your wife. I was like, wow, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Having started with Kevin writing sketch comedy, performing live sketch comedy, we were like, we're seasoned in this of like writing a bit, like I'm going to play it really tight, really close here, which that his acting in that is perfect. It's like yeah. just right on the right side of the line that people think like, oh, this guy is like melting down. But we figured you just got to look at all of our other our videos to realize we're joking or it's like a sketch, you know. Let me just tell you, you give internet commenters way too much credit. You've just got to look at a little bit of context. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> not gonna happen. so what's funny is that sometimes how it's like how many people probably watched it and it just goes over their head. Like what he was trying to do there was like make a different joke, sort of, you know, not and just engagement city in the comment section is just going totally wild. One of the last ones I made that I thought was going to be the last one that I was like, this is it. Like for those who don't get it now, they'll get it that this is a joke. And in it, I said that she slapped me in the face with a white glove, which means that we have to <laughs> duel. And the comment section still had people that were like, you, you should hit her. It was like insane. I was like, no, not a real duel. This is a joke. Well, also what happens on social media is that you're operating within a certain lane and context, right? Amy had a, my co-host had an experience where she wrote a piece that was like, it was about not being ready to have a girl. And then they slapped a headline on it that was like, I regret having a girl. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's viral. And she's like, no, no, I just was trying to maybe say I wasn't quite ready for a girl after two boys. But when you leave kind of the safe space of like, we're all in on the same joke, then you're in a completely different world. Completely different world. Yeah. I regret having a girl. That's such a weird phrase. Like you ordered a Tesla. Like <laughs> yeah, it didn't come out the way I wanted. I wanted gray. I got blue. Not right. It, we came in like we are prepared for, I guess, for this a little bit that people are going to say whatever they're going to say. I mean, we understand that we're writing stuff and performing it, rehearsing it and putting it out there. 
Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. Some of them are going to do better than others. But when people choose to say something really mean, that's what we have been prepared for is we're thinking like sometimes it's like so just choicefully mean in a way that's like that doesn't even. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we just laugh. I mean, the ones that they think they're trying to be so mean that of someone that we've never even met before that just is trying to be so cutting. We just think like we'll cir- like take a screenshot and circle it and send it to each other. Like, look what this person said. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people I think are not prepared for that, especially people on TikTok. There's a different way of doing it. This is my life. This is who I am as a person. Let's all engage. And then people are really mean and they're like, whoa, why would you say that to- about me? You know? So it depends on your approach to putting stuff out there, but we always think it's, I mean, it's hilarious. If as someone that I have, I value your opinion in no way, I don't know who you are. You just try to say something as mean as possible, like, congratulations. Right, right. You're like, okay, booty call 8636. <laughs> I've taken your note. Taking it to heart. There is something weird, and I think it's ingrained, on, like, unfortunately, in everyone of the idea of the dumb dad, yes. whether it's subconscious or not. And I think that's why we don't get blasted too hard for our parenting. And I think it's because there is that extreme of, well, he's, ho- you know, they're men, you know, lost cause, hopeless case, or kids are alive. Kids are alive. They must be doing something right. Or like, he's at the zoo with the kids. Like, this is the best dad ever. Like, don't worry about the laundry or anything else. He just needs to do that one thing. Mm-hmm. And he's a hero. So I think a lot of that we get a lot. Because we do. We do see moms are constantly attacked. Uh, we're friends with a lot of moms on social media. And they just get viciously attacked for one little thing, one little joke. And us, unfortunately, it's not fair, but we definitely get away with it. And that. how does that dovetail with your real lives? I mean, you guys are actually stay-at-home dads to your kids. I mean, this is not just something you've invented for the social media world, you actually have children who you're parenting, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And so... We get asked that constantly. Right. Did you rent these children from some sort of Hollywood yeah. rental agency? Because <laughs> we don't ever show our kids. That's right. I noticed that. Yeah. So the, it, it, once in a while, like, do you guys really have kids? Like, this would be a lot of research. It'd be a weird <laughs> flex, honestly, to take this yeah. on with no kids. no kids. I was on somebody's live late one night, like one of our mutual friends, and he started talking to me and I just started saying, we don't have kids. And he was like, you got to stop saying that. And I was like, we don't have kids. We made it all up. This is this all is how rumors get started. <laughs> and he was like, you've got to seriously stop t- commenting. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing if we could break that on one of the What Fresh Hell podcast. The dumb dads actually do not have <laughs> all just- a facade. They're bored bachelors. But is this, I mean, it must be coming from your actual experiences. So how did you become stay-at-home dads, I guess? Because that's still, I guess, in 2022. It's, I mean, we've heard of it now. We get it. But it's still Mm -hmm. maybe not everyone's norm. Well, we're both actors by choice. Yeah, we're both stay-at-home dads. Our wives had great jobs. And we're both, we moved here to be in the entertainment industry and give it a shot. And so, as you know, having lived here... You aren't allowed to make money. Yes. You have to be available at all times to go anywhere we say you need to be. Yeah. And Kevin bartended for a long time. Yeah. I bartended for like over 10 years, but I was bartending nights. And like my wife and I had like the conversation before kids. I was just like, I'm only working nights now. I think we probably could start having kids and I'll just be the stay at home dad. And then when the pandemic hit, my bar closed down for good. And you know, it was just full time stay at home. Yeah. And that was that. And that was that. And then we signed up for TikTok. <laughs> And then you were like, hey, how about TikTok? Yeah. I think he texted me, hey, I got a TikTok account. And I was like, the dancing app? What are we going to do on there? He's like, I think we're going to make sketches. I was like, let's do it. Okay. Uh And it worked. But let's go back to a day before you realized you were going to be on Ellen and have a successful like TikTok career. What was it like to sort of 
commit to this identity as stay at home dad. Cause it's kind of, even though we're, we get it and we're evolved in all these ways, it, there's still something loaded, I think, about that identity. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I mean, it's been so different now, but when I had my first, I was in such a rhythm that was bizarre and of going to the Y because they had classes on Thursdays and going to like uh, my gym, which is like a kid's like kind of play area and then going to story time on Fridays, like going in that thing and just having that life and that, what is it, schedule and that routine. It was definitely strange. It was a weird life for a while. And it would sometimes feel stuck for sure of just like just being stuck in this routine over and over and over again, occasionally getting an audition, as Evan said here and there, it was nice. And then when the right before the pandemic, we had our second. So going from one to two is a dumpster fire. (laughs) You're not wrong. Going from one to two at the beginning of a pandemic was a poor choice. I hate to judge you, but that was a poor choice. Uh, She said, I'm pregnant. And I was like, are you sure there's a pandemic like in about 10 months? This is not a good Uh, idea. Yeah, there is going to be like a scary (laughs) pandemic just on the horizon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. bad choices. Don't like to judge. But actually, the social doing the dumb dads on TikTok and Instagram has been a really fun escape in a way from parenting because it's a chance for us to write and perform and do all that stuff. But, but yeah, before that, there was definitely days where it was just like monotonous and just... One thing I vividly remember with my first was she was taking two naps when she was really young. And she'd take a nap and I'd either like watch a show or play a video game or something. And I go, you're just going to play for or watch a show for like 20 minutes. And then you got to clean, you got to do the laundry. And then the next thing you'd hear is the crying and then and it's over and you just feel like a failure. Yeah. And I think for moms, certainly the experience of a lot of moms, you know, work until they have kids and then they're like mm-hmm. staying home. Are they ever going back to work? Are they? And I think that experience of feeling less than and feeling stuck and feeling like, wait, have I opened a door into a room that is not exitable where I am just the person who cleans and takes care of kids and does laundry and somehow like is watching Dr. Phil, who am I? Like that door feels very Mm -hmm. heavy for people who, and I would think possibly with like the societal ideas and whatever else that for dads that has a similar heaviness in terms of like, is this what I'm really doing? I'm doing bottles and laundry and this is what I grew up to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel that a little bit. I think I was also... As Kevin said, I guess, I mean, never have I understood more like mom's groups and like little things to go do. And because if you're just only doing that, it is a big heavy door to feel like I can never go outside that door and be the person I either used to be or you get that feeling sometimes. But at the same time, it was I truly was like in love with being with my son was born first. Being with my son, we would go like Kevin said before the pandemic, we'd go to the zoo and just walk around. It was just because I was home and my wife has worked from home for a long time. So, I mean, she's working, but she's there a little bit to if I needed to find an excuse for an hour and a half to go do an audition or something, we could kind of make that work. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, you would kind of feel some days just feel like, man, I feel like I haven't gone somewhere and done something in a little bit or seen my friends in a minute or something. And then it's weird to say now because the pandemic just kind of washed all that away. And then it was like, literally didn't go anywhere and see anybody. And it was just the four of us here all the time, never going anywhere. I mean, that's when it st- really felt like a pressure cooker. Yeah. But having a friend like Kevin that we are going through the same thing at the same time, starting the podcast just to even take a break to just talk about what was this week like? Well, here's how I screwed up, you know, or here's what we're just going through right now was in a way a release 
And then, you know, starting our TikTok account and posting sketches online about our experiences and then just sort of writing a small thing on a small experience and just blowing it up into like a, into a sketch is another release, you know, another way for us to just talk about like what it's like, what we're going through, you know? So it's both. I was probably in denial as well for a while because even though I did not want to be a career bartender at all, I think I had that escape at night. Yeah. I worked so late that I was actually like able to like, my wife would come home from work. I'd have dinner with her and the kids and then I'd help her put the kids to bed. And then I would go like, I worked that late that it was almost like my kids didn't know I had a job, but I at least had that escape, which I think kept me in some denial sometimes of like, which was also like a good, it was a good escape. It was something to go do, which was nice to do sometimes. But then the next mornings were the worst. I think there's a takeaway for that for everyone. I want to talk about it after this break. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Okay, we're back with the dumb dads. And I think one of the things I love about your story, which I know we talk to a lot of moms who are in that heavy door kind of stuck room. And I think what's so cool, I mean, I come from a similar background. I was a writer in Hollywood. I wrote for TV and movies. And Amy was a sitcom actress. And we both had these careers. And then we kind of stopped those careers to have kids. And I remember feeling like I was in this ice cave in the wilderness, like my agent wouldn't return my calls and like what happened to my real life. And I'm 
just like on the ice flow by myself. And I think for a lot of moms who feel they're kind of washed up on the shores of motherhood, you know, they chose to have kids. They wanted kids. They wanted their marriage. But there's something very magical about your story where you found this new destiny. It's like your kind of aspirations came true in a way that you never imagined. I think that's something that's really cool about your story. Yes. We've been fortunate. And it's funny because the podcast was, as I was saying earlier, with us not ever advertising on social or anything, it was just a way for us to just kind of just comedically vent about parenting and not really care much about it. And it has been nice to find something and definitely would encourage people to find something, uh, whatever that is, is definitely something helpful, something for yourself. It's funny that the thing for ourselves is parenting (laughs) content. (laughs) But it's kind of cool that you were knocking on this one door, right? Which is like, Mm -hmm. you have an agent and you're an actor and go out and soft and dry will help you stay dry when you're nervous inside, which is an oldie lux alert. But like, that's the commercial I was always going up for, you know, and that you found a different door that you never expected through the way that you guys came together on this podcast and social media stuff. Yeah. What's funny is that we tried a web series at one point together. We wrote together after doing a sketch. And so we've kind of done a lot of little things. You know, you kind of, you got to always got to be staying busy. I mean, that's the thing here. You know, if you live in the city, you got to be staying busy. You got to be doing something. If somebody asks you, what are you doing? You got to have an answer for it. So we, you learn all these little things along the way. I used to work for Apple for a while. I learned how to use computers pretty well, learn how to edit, you know, learn how to do these all these little things. And then technology gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And now you can carry around a way to film content and make it look and sound really good in a backpack. Yeah. And so what we didn't probably realize is we're picking up all these little things. We learn how to do light something, make something sound good, make something look good, how to write something, how to, what jokes, you know, how to write jokes and all that stuff finds its way into a neat little package about making parenting sketches, which we never would have expected that. And the takeaway isn't necessarily for our listeners, you got to start making TikTok videos. And, you know, it's that when you stay involved in whatever way you can with something that you're passionate about while you're home with your kids, Mm -hmm. you'll be surprised by how that maybe leads you into a new path that you weren't expecting. Not that you have to start filming yourself for TikTok. Correct. (laughs) Not everybody. (laughs) Correct. If you want to, we're here for it. But that's not what we mean for everybody. Already is. I don't know how many uh, trillions of users there are on TikTok. Everyone's dancing in their kitchen. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And I love it. I'm here for (laughs) it. I'm on TikTok two hours a day. (laughs) Nothing wrong. I thought for our third segment, we would do a speed round. Okay. And I'm just going to ask you questions and I want you to answer them. Give me your worst outing with your kids. My probably worst outing, I mean, I don't know if this counts, but we went to vote in an election. It was a primary and it was our first and my wife went in first to vote. And I waited with my daughter who had a massive blowout that was so daunting that when she came back, I went in and voted for the wrong person because I was so shook up. (laughs) Wow. Highly unfortunate. Yeah. Highly unfortunate. It was not great. (laughs) Evan, give me worst hour of the day. What is the worst hour of the day? You can choose any hour of the day. I want to know what is the worst hour of the day. The worst hour of the day is probably... Here's the thing. It's not the same hour every day, but the hour occurs every day. It's the hour between feeling like I'm done doing stay-at-home dad stuff right now, and then soon my wife will be off, and I can just flip a switch and go do something for a little bit or go film really quick or go in the next room and write or do something. But 
that hour is like, I don't know when that hour is going to be, but when it gets close and I feel like within the hour, I'll be out of here and I can go do something or just take a break from the day. That's a tough hour for me. You're chewing your leg out of the bear trap. You're like snapping through the bone. And sometimes I don't even need that long. Sometimes I like, I need to go take a shower for 20 minutes and I'll come back a different person. But that is kind of the anticipation of like, I need a little bit of a break right now. Which is, and I always feel really guilty about that because my wife's been at work all day. I mean, my wife, my wife gets up at like six o'clock in the morning and works, you know, she's at conference calls all day long. And so it always feels really unfair to be like, can you just stop doing that and watch the kids so I can take a break? My husband would always say when he came home and I was standing on the porch with the kids, he was like, this is not good. This is not going to be an easy handoff. It's not going to be good. All right. I want to know your clutch move. No one else knows it. You've got it. This is the clutch kid move. Oh, man. Take your time. Think about it. What do we got? Take those gogurts and put them in the freezer. Oh, that's a good one. And the kids call them cold yogurt. Frozen is- gogurts is a good clutch move. Very good clutch move. Keeps their mouth going. You know, they do that with dogs. It's like the dog thing that you throw to a dog that has peanut butter inside, but it's hard to get at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yes. Yes. We have found again and again on the podcast that anything that works really well for dogs is a solid parenting tip. Frozen go there. Yeah. Give me your moment you never saw coming as a parent. Good or bad? Positive or negative? Yeah. Well, the moment I never saw coming was my parenting lightning moment when we were we were on a little road trip with our kids. No, I didn't even have kids. I had one kid. I had a son. He was like, he was still in the car seat. I don't remember how old he is. Like nine months, something like that. He's in the back of the car seat. We're on a road trip. We're going home. I was sitting in the back with him. He started making these weird noises. And I'm like, what is he doing? Mm. We were stopping for food. So we're in a drive-thru and there's cars behind us. So we're in the drive-thru. We can't go anywhere. We've committed. <laughs> You've committed. You're on the 101 at rush hour. You're, you're in the tube. It's at like, you know, and it's in the summer. It was like 100 degrees outside. So we're in the drive-thru. My son starts throwing up. Oh. So my, I instinctively, I'm like, I stick my hands under his mouth. I don't know what I'm going to do after this, but this is the move I'm doing now. Bailing so, out a boat with a bucket. <laughs> I want everyone who is listening to this podcast right now to pause the podcast, go out to your car and put a plastic bag in it, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. You will never regret having an extra plastic bag in your That's car. That's a clutch move. He's filling up my hand bowl when he fills his pants. Yes. And we're just sitting there in the drive-thru waiting for our burgers. I don't know what to do. I'm just holding it, you know, until <laughs> we get our food. You're like, excuse me, yeah. Burger King man. I have a bit of a situation. Yeah. So we swing around. Food goes in the front seat. So we like quite literally pour out the car seat, throw his outfit away. It's just like we're not trying to save. We're just that's in the garbage. Huge division. Two types of people. People who save the <laughs> outfit and people who cut it off. I'm a cut it off person. You know. Maybe if it's something kind of special. It was a onesie. You know, it's a onesie. No, there's nothing that special. I don't know. I can't say. If your mom knit you a sweater or something, I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, mom. We need 2.0 because it's got barf on it. Yeah. So that was the moment that was like, you can't prepare for stuff. It's just so ingrained in me. Like that feeling in that moment thinking like, wow, this must be what parenting is because we were like less than 10 minutes ago, we were cruising down the road having a good old time. Now it's like, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. This is horrible. If someone told you as like a 25-year-old, this would happen to you, you would have thought about taking a cyanide pill. But like, as a parent of three, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That happened to us at the zoo, once on a plane, Mm -hmm. twice in the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, that happens. Been there. I know you guys are not big on advice. That's not your thing. 
But if you could pass along one piece of advice from all you've learned, you're dumb dads, but if you had one thing to impart that you've learned, that you've gleaned from talking to each other, parenting your kids, what would it be? So as soon as you ask to give advice, like, well, I don't know, you're going to put my name next to this. Just scared my kids are kind of come busting in going, are you giving advice? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get cocky. We do use that one a lot. (laughs) Do not get cocky. As soon as you get cocky, you're going to get burnt for it. Trust me. It happens all the time. We talk about it all the time. As soon as you think, like, I've got it figured out. Got it figured out. I've been doing well. Haven't made a mistake in a while. I have tomorrow planned out. (laughs) That's going to blow up in your face worse than you would imagine. Yeah, just... I feel like that's what the sports... It captures it so well. It's like as if football is an understandable game. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're asking the coach, like, what went wrong there? It's like, well, what went wrong is he didn't catch the ball. Yeah. And what went wrong is that the kid was vomiting and Mm -hmm. pooping their pants in the drive-thru. Like, that's what went wrong. Yeah. But you have to go through the ritual of like, what happened there? I thought you were going to win the game, but you lost the game instead. That's why the Sports Center press conference is so perfectly on point we feel it too i mean because it's something that the coach doesn't want to sit there yeah, he doesn't want to be there well, what's it? he has to be there contractually has to be there deja vu is your enemy so, is what it is it's yeah. just any time that you go oh i know what this is you're in a lot of trouble yep <laughs> yeah you're like i think i've cracked the code on the pose zoo nap nope they're gonna fall asleep poke, poke, poke. poking them in the leg on the 101 and then you're not looking again that's not parenting advice that's just something that happened in my real existence. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, tell us for people who don't know you, although I'm sure most of our followers are following you already, where they can find you in the world, on the internet, everywhere. We are at Dumb Dad Pod across TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We're the Dumb Dads on YouTube. Our podcast is the Dumb Dad Podcast. Friends, check out... Evan and Kevin on TikTok. You will love them if you haven't seen them already. They are so funny. Thanks, guys, so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, 
who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.